All right, how about we started simple? So, you, you mind if I started off? Go right ahead. All right. Hey, guys. Oh, all right. No clap. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was stupid. Wait, let's, let's start simple and just, like, deafen everyone. Hey, guys. This is JT here, along with Ryan O'Regan, and we're mm-hmm. here to talk about different nerdy things uh, going on in television, movies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's a lot of et cetera. So, to begin, uh, I guess uh, this week uh, it came out. So, I didn't actually watch the movie, but my friend Ryan here did watch it. And uh, what do you think? Wow, just going right into it. All right. Why not? <laughs> I figured it'd buff it up a little bit, you know. But uh, as for the movie itself, it was good. It, it was a well thought out movie. They went ahead and were able to explore the characters. Much better, I feel, than, say, the ABC original two-parter uh, miniseries, which, of course, is much more closely resembling the book and the way it's formatted, with the adults being brought in and the flashbacks to their childhood as opposed to just starting in the childhood. Um, but I feel this way, you get a better sense of who these people are, who these kids are, a little bit deeper feeling and background, so this way, once... The second movie comes out, which, of course, the second movie is definitely going to come out after this weekend. 117.2 million. That is way beyond expectations. That has broken so many records, it would be silly of them not to. Although, this does play into who they're probably going to cast for the second one. It's going to have to be something very simple and intricate. And more than likely, the kids themselves will probably make some sort of featured flashback, just in case. Because now you're more invested for the kids than you are for the adults. Um... But I think, as far as it being a scary movie, it had some scares. It had some scares. But I wouldn't say to the point where people are going to be jumping out of their seats. It's not like freakish sort of paranormal activity. You've never seen this sort of stuff before. Um, I'd say a couple of jump scares would definitely do it. But I think it's more creepy than scary. You know? So, it... What would you say? It's a good film? Would you say, like, it, it, oh, it's it an absolute, capture Yeah, it's an absolutely good film. But, I mean, if you go into it thinking it's going to be, like, this raucous sort of horror movie and the girl's going to be jumping the whole time into your arms while you got her arm around her in the theater, you know, guys, guys are, tend to do with horror movies, you're going to be slightly disappointed. I think it's got more of a creep factor and more of a, a, a stand-by-me, coming-of-age sort of feel to it, which I think for a horror movie is a nice change of pace. Because, let's face it, up until now, we've gone ahead and we've been more accustomed to things like The Conjuring and Annabelle and things of that nature, which allows for, you know, a lot of special effects, sort of seen-unseen, jump-scare sort of mentality. Well, that's what we're accustomed to as far as horror movies are concerned. And it's worked. Not to say it hasn't worked, because horror films have really made their money back. Uh, but something like this, something on this kind of a scale... I think you need to do something more, and they did that. They made it a much more substantial film. They made a better movie as opposed to a better horror movie. But, I mean, like, I've never read the book, but I've heard of, like, uh, the differences between the book and the original TV series, and uh, 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 very obviously, I guess there's more emphasis on it being a clown, uh, Pennywise, as opposed to any of its other forms. Well, yeah, I mean, you do see a change a little bit. No spoilers or anything like that, but obviously the focus here is probably going to be more on the the metamorphic... Met, meta, bit, 
what what's the word that you have for like the certain version of something? The um, I'm the one here. that starts with an M. Not the t- the certain version. Yeah, sure. It's fine. Make me sound stupid. Yeah, that certain version of this creature um, is particularly set for this character, and I think I think it makes sense to do that because. I want to feel, I mean, I'm no expert on Stephen King. I've never read any of his books too in-depth. Read some, but just as like, oh, okay, I want to read it. I want to find out. But I want to think that when he originally did It, the original version of Pennywise uh, was something more slated with the times because obviously they had to go ahead and update this story. Uh, So while the kid's setting is set in like the late 1800s, in 1980s, not 1880s, 1980s, like when Gremlins and everything came out, that's when this is set. In fact, you can actually see like a Gremlins poster in the kid's room when you first saw it off. So that's all been updated. Obviously, if you track that back 27 years, we're talking like, you know, late 50s, early 60s that this is sort of coming about because the original film took place in the 1990. So if you take 27 years off that and you're looking at a clown that's probably more reminiscent to that time. Like, I don't know if you ever watched stuff like, uh, you know, Howdy Doody and stuff like that and saw, like, those primetime clowns that would sometimes be around. That Pennywise that Tim Curry did, it was reflective of that, like something off a kid's show. This clown is a lot more dated. So it looks almost something like turn of the century, like something that would have been in a traveling circus, that same era as, like, Dumbo or something. Maybe even older. So I think the fact that they're going ahead and they're giving a little bit more history to the creature itself, which they say they're going to do in the sequel. They're going to go ahead and delve more into the backstory of Pennywise. And you see that with some of the photos, because uh, if you see the movie and you see photos of the thing, it's like... By the way, by the way, spoilers. No, (laughs) not really spoilers, because you've seen it in the trailer. You know, you you see that picture of, like, that old Pennywise clown etched in with like those old pictures so obviously this is something that's been around much much longer than saying you would have expected from the original story you know that's something that could have just happened around that time but obviously this thing goes back and back and back so it'll be interesting to see maybe there's some sort of a lineage thing that all these kids are connected to you know maybe their great grandfathers had to deal with this thing who knows maybe that's why they were able to conquer it why them as opposed to other kids but all in all, I'd say if you're interested in the story, then go see it for the story. But if you're interested for scares, you may be a little disappointed, but it's still an adventure nonetheless. It'll be a nice ride for you to take. It'll be something for you to thoroughly enjoy and something to help you look forward to the next film, which it's still going to be in only two years. So they're going to cast it quick. They're going to roll it out quick. And hopefully, uh, Muschietti, who uh, directed this one, who also did uh, Mama, hopefully he can get uh, Jessica Chastain to play the girl. Because apparently he worked well in Mama, and I want to see her in this. If if you're going to get any big star, get Chastain. I want Chastain. As for the other people, don't care. Alright, scale 1 to 10? Solid 8. Solid Solid 8. Yeah. All right, uh, I can't comment any other thing on uh, on it because I again haven't seen the movie yet. <laughs> uh, it's been like maybe a decade since I've even seen the uh, Tim Curry version, so I'm gonna move on. Well, and, I mean, uh, is it something that you're interested in seeing now after I've talked about it? 
Uh, I mean, to a certain degree. I mean, uh, I'll be honest with you. This is our first podcast. So, well, Experiment. kind of. Yes. Uh, but this is, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not a big horror movie fan, to be fair. Uh, what? No, I, I mean, I, I know some people like that stuff. Like, it's just the thrill, going to see something that thrills you. But it's like, uh, I have enough thrills in my life. I don't... Oh, oh, okay. Sorry, I, I didn't know you lived in a haunted house already, or something like that. In my head. And, uh, <laughs> Lord knows what's in that head. Although he's the technical genius over here, so I really shouldn't complain too much. But like I said, though, I mean, it's it's less a scary story as it is just a coming of age. Like, you ever seen Stand by Me? Yeah. Ever see The Sandlot? Yes. Ever seen? Uh, well, maybe not Boyhood. Maybe. Alright, so I mean, if you can get through those, then you should be able to watch something like this. I mean, it's definitely got its dark reality moments. You know, there's more than just the fear of this clown that comes around. You know, you're seeing the fears that these kids grow up with. You know, and there's plenty of them. So if it's one of those things that, you know, you know, makes you shake because it reminds you of something happened in your childhood, that in itself can be scary. Not frightening to the point where you jump, but it's unnerving. Yeah, I might save it for V. Uh, I was about to say VHS, but uh, they they don't kind of exist. Wow, anymore. we were really experimenting here. We're like taking all kinds. I'll wait for uh, I'll wait for the Betamax. Yes, <laughs> once that becomes retro again and everyone starts collecting it with the big discs and shit. God, I hope so. I actually have so many of them, I can make some money. Uh, you still have Betamax? I still have Betamax. Why? Why not? But I mean, why did you get them in the first place? Well, it, it was family. I was I was a little too young uh, actually to to purchase it. It was I was five years old and my parents got it. Uh, but yeah, I still have uh, old Sony Betamax with uh, a whole bunch of tapes that go with it. Uh, in, in fact, uh, they recorded in nineteen eighty seven uh, Ghostbusters playing on ABC, and it, it's one of those coolest things. Like go you you watch a tape that was made thirty years ago, and you're watching commercials. For shows and products from 30 years ago. There was a uh, Who uh, Who is Harry Crumb commercial in there. Oh, God. <laughs> like I mean, the- I remember the movie and, you know, you know, John Candy, you know, big person to my heart, ironically. But, yeah, geez, I can only imagine the kind of commercials that came up on that. Anything that was a commercial that you can remember of a product that's still around. Uh, that's still around. Yeah, uh, like was there, were there any of those Pizza Hut commercials with like the old brown boxes and oh everything? Shit, babe. I haven't actually watched that tape in a few years. Now I'm curious to watch it again to see what else. Is on. <laughs> the only thing I can remember is the a commercial for the Thunderbird, and I don't think they've made the a Ford Thunderbird hasn't been made in uh, almost twenty years now. Well, I mean, unless you have that like retro one that they came out with, like uh, I want I don't want to say around the turn of the century, but it, there was like a a retro-looking Thunderbird, you know, really gassed up and everything, looked nice, and I remember seeing it, like, in the early 2000s. Now, when exactly that came out and how much they came out with it and whether or not they've made anything since, I don't know. But I know it had a very old-school look, and it looked nice, but I saw it and I was like, yeah, I can't afford that. I'm not even going to (laughs) bother. I'm happy I had my Camaro when I did. You know, that was a stroke of luck. But, uh... But, no, it's, uh... With with, the... Sometimes you find old VHS tapes and beta tapes that 
either you taped on or your family's taped on. Go back and watch it. You might find some really cool stuff in it. I actually I got to find a VHS tape of when I was a kid. I really tinkered a lot with a my V uh, my VCR. Used to tape Cartoon Network all the time when Cartoon Network was still fairly new. I'm like back when they still just had like Bugs Bunny and Droopy Dog and stuff like that. When like Johnny Bravo premiered. Oh, when the like when they just started with the originals. Yeah. Oh wow. So I, I'm kind of curious what commercials aired back then. Yeah, I remember back when that network first started and they were just trying to like semi make everything hip and modernize. I remember the Droopy Dog one because they had a special show just for like him and like the Tex Avery sort of stuff. That's right. And they called it Down with Droopy D. I'm like, motherfucker, what? Oh, you're bringing back some horrible memories. <laughs> God, I do remember that show. Yeah, that they, they, they really tried to stick with the times, didn't they? <laughs> We're hip. Well, at least we know Cartoon Network would never do anything like that ever again. No, instead they bastardize things in other ways. So, there's a new Powerpuff Girl. <laughs> Good segue. But, um, so, I mean, I've seen the picture of the new Powerpuff Girl, uh, whose name is apparently Bliss. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Alexis it's... Bliss. No, uh, this, I mean, she definitely looks like she has more of like a Nicki Minaj sort of look to her, because it's uh, the lighter, darker skin with, um, I believe... Blue or purplish hair, something somewhere around there, maybe an indigo. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I haven't seen the cartoon, obviously, but I've seen stills of it. She looks physically bigger than the other Powerpuff Girls, like mm-hmm. maybe double the size, but still per like proportionate to what they are with like the head and the small body and everything. So she just looks like she might be older to some degree. And I'm pissed off because they're saying, "Oh, we're bringing in a fourth power." No, Bunny. Bunny was the fourth Powerpuff Girl, and she was breaking down barriers long before Bliss was, because she was. What what's the proper way to say it? Because I know what I called. Created different. You know, and and she, and she was more Powerpuff Girl than this one's probably going to be because she actually went ahead and sacrificed herself. That's heroism. Well, that, that I think was the whole thing. Is this one that was just a really good story and it didn't it had a lasting effect but it wasn't like it wasn't ever really mentioned again it was it was a standalone story this is they're adding a new character because the show and this is just my opinion what i'm stating right now is not actual facts i can't go and say this is where i learned all this stuff but from a viewer standpoint the the current show and i haven't really watched any of it because it's just it hasn't been good. It's I, I grew up with the the old Powerpuff Girls. And I thought it was a really good series. I've the little I caught it, the current one is, meh, and I feel the addition of this new character is really just because the show is not doing good, and they're looking for a gimmick to keep the show going. I can understand that, but I mean, there's other gimmicks that you can do without going ahead and like retracing steps that you've already done in the previous series. Like, if you want to go ahead and add another Powerpuff Girl. I mean, they've added a Powerpuff Girl. They added the Rowdy Rough Boys. They had, like... I I want to say they had an evil twin version of one of them. They even had Bubbles go, like, hardcore and go all evil and everything. So, I mean, in the original series run, they touched already on so many things that, yeah, okay, it's hard to think of anything new that they could possibly do, so maybe they have to retread some old things, but... There has to be a way that you can do it from a 
entertaining creative standpoint without it feeling forced because I feel like this is like a PC culture force sort of thing. It feels cookie cutter. It feels like it's just they're following the Teen Titans Go formula. Well, I mean, they're, they're following the Teen Titans formula as far as like storytelling and everything. As for this, this is straight up Poochie from The Simpsons, man. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're trying. They, they have to try. I would rather see a new villain that becomes an even worse prote- uh, antagonist than, say, Mojo Jojo or him or, you know, one of the big mainstays. You know, bringing somebody that's even worse than that rather than going ahead and trying to shoehorn now a fourth hero after you've already become so familiar after so many decades of the three-person dynamic. Well, again, uh, and I, I hate that I'm commenting on this because it's I don't really watch this show. But from everything that I've kind of heard of this show is that it's not even really an action superhero series anymore. It's just comedy. They don't actually fight people anymore. So it's you can't really talk about like you need a bigger, badder villain because they're not really even going against the villains. Again, from my understanding, I say that that's the hard, hurtful part of it because you have a show like this and you have a show like Teen Titans that pretty much started this uh, hero boom that Cartoon Network first had. And now, when you want something like that, you have to look to shows like Steven Universe and uh, Adventure Time, which, while they do have their you know antagonists and there's always those bad guys that come up every so often, they are written so much more deep and thoughtful and, I mean, you don't necessarily have to, like, shoehorn anything in there because it just whatever they do it works so why can't these shows take an example from them why can't they go ahead and build like they build instead they're just like like you said pretty much more um cookie cutter cookie cutter yeah i well you know the which is kind of messed up considering we're talking about creatures that were created by sugar spice and everything nice so i mean yeah they they've been baked all right for in a sense of a term yes well, at the same time, you know, the, the two other shows you mentioned, Steven Universe and Adventure Time, are still controlled by their original creators. Just like how Cartoon Network, or not Cartoon Network, uh, how Powerpuff Girls back in the day was controlled by their original creator. That's when the good series out. There could be possibly a day when uh, Rebecca Sugar and uh, I can't think of the guy who created Adventure Time, when they walk away from uh, the Pendleton series. Ward. Yes. And... Uh, and Cartoon Network goes, well, we want to continue the series. And they just throw in any writer, and it turns into the same type of uh, problem. But, I mean, I, if they do that, hopefully they give some time before there's like they do it again. Because, obviously, there was some time between the Titans, and there was some time before the Powerpuff Girls reboot. There was time for like a whole generational gap. There, there was time for you to forget and then just be accustomed to crap. Yes, and, and that's unfortunately what we've become. We've become accustomed to crap. But in the same way, when we go ahead and we complain that there's no new ideas and there's no new stories, when new things do come out, we don't embrace it. Going back to movies for a second, you talk, think about a movie like Valerian that came out this summer. Mm-hmm. Bombed considerably, although it was uh, Luc Besson's own money. He raised it himself. There was no studio that was personally hurt by this. Mm-hmm. But it was a very creative idea. It was a very new idea. It was, ironically, it was a new idea because this is apparently based on a comic that was long before a lot of the other sci-fi stories that we've seen in our past. 
this comic was around. And yet nobody dug into it. It, uh, again, it is hard. It's sometimes hard to get by uh, new ideas. The, the trick really is you, you want to get something familiar but fresh. And that, and yeah, and that, that, that is a trick. Uh, I like think a Cobb salad when all you eat is Caesar. What? Familiar but fresh, you know? Nah. I tr- uh, it's an experiment, people. We're trying. Don't look at me like that. Uh, but no, with the, I, I saw the trailers for that, and to be honest, I wasn't, it didn't catch me. And, you know, I liked Fifth Element, and what, what other movie did he do? Lucy. Oh, you know what? Maybe that's what popped in my head, because I fucking hated Lucy. I mean, it was an okay movie. I no. mean, No? Your opinion is wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> what did you hate about Lucy? Everything. Oh, come on. It was just not good. Was it the best that we could have hoped for with a Scarlett Johansson lead and a story about uh, expanding someone's mind, which, mind you, yeah, probably Limitless did the story better. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say it's the worst thing he's done. It sure as far wasn't the greatest. Oh, jeez. I hate Lucy. Okay. I, I liked Fifth Element, uh, but you know what? That was 20 years ago. And, and Lucy was just a really bad date. Wow. Uh, I brought a date to see that movie, too, and at the end I apologized to her. Why would you bring a date to something like Lucy? I mean, you're going to be staring at Scarlett Johansson the whole time, and then you got this other girl. <laughs> well, yes, anyway. I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, we get out a lot, yeah. No, but it was just such a weird... And that wasn't even a weird movie. I mean, you have this character who is pretty much... Uh, there's just so many flaws. As a filmmaker, there's just so many flaws in Lucy. Oh, oh I probably should uh, explain for the audience that may not be familiar with JT and I. Uh, aside from us being uh, people from New Jersey and having a strong amount of geek culture among us, we also are um, members of the thriving community within New Jersey that does experiment with independent film and full-length feature whenever we can. So whenever we are talking about film... Do expect us to be a little bit analytical since we look at it from two points of view. From the fans' point of view and if we had made it point of view. So if that makes us sound douchey, please bear with us. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, another thought entered my mind, but... What? Like, what was uh, it? What was it? Uh, no. Say it. <laughs> So, yeah. It's like, we're kind of douchey. It's like, well, does that mean we get a lot of pussy? But, uh... And you look at me for my salad <laughs> joke. You should be ashamed. <laughs> a shame on you, sir. Oh, I feel dirty. God. That's what douches are for. Not while I'm drinking beer. No. <laughs> God. All right, so, in other news... Since uh, we do like to go ahead and just uh, jump from topic to topic, whatever seems to be current at the moment. Uh, How about wrestling? Wrestling good for you? Yeah, I can do wrestling. Alright. So, pretty much in the next pay-per-view, which is going to be No Mercy coming up this month, uh, there's two big main events on the card at the moment. And you've got uh, Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar. Mm -hmm. And I'll 
Monster Among Men vs. the Beast. Should be good. Should be a lot of blood. But then we also have John Cena versus Roman Reigns. Blah versus blah. Mm-hmm. Do you even care about this match? Yeah, actually I do. Uh, Why? Well, you know, it's two, it's two of the uh, Vince McMahon's creations getting together. Which one will survive? That's like the Frankenstein monster and the bride of Frankenstein like battling it out. Which is technically domestic abuse. <laughs> which one's the bride? Whichever one gets bitch slapped more. But Yes, I know that's not PC, but still. Uh, I don't know. I, I do find it interesting. Um, I, I mean, to be fair, pro wrestling for me these days, at least WWE... Uh, they drop the ball for so often. It's come to the point that it's sort of just... I, I kind of go with it now just because of tradition. Like, I've watched wrestling since 1998. So, oh, wrestling's on. I'm going to watch it. And I know John Cena, and I know Roman Reigns. I know... I got to catch some of Braun Strowman. He's a new character, but he's a really cool character. And I know Brock Lesnar, because he's been around for 15... Well, he hasn't been around for 15 years, but he has been around for 15 years. But... No, I I mean I'm curious about it, but it's I don't think anything on this card is really, like just, pulling me in. But now the way you just described and everything, are you pretty much saying that watching wrestling for you now is more habit than enjoyment? Pretty much. Oh, that's a sad state of affairs. Yeah, it's well. I mean, uh, everyone I cheer for doesn't really move up the card that much. Like one of my favorite guys, because I have actually followed him for a number of years. Uh, Samoa Joe. He did get uh, a run at uh, Great Balls of Fire, but he was already kind of pushed back out of the scene. He, he's injured right now, too, so that's that's the reason he's not even on the card. But, but still, it's like all the guys I end up getting behind don't really go anywhere. I, I thought uh, Bray Wyatt was going to be a really, really cool guy. Um, Want to be Taker? And he loses every match, which is not Undertaker. It's like you you can't. Well, now it is, but you can't uh, you can't play the creepy "I'm going to kill you" gimmick if you are always the person getting killed. I mean, like even. But if he keeps getting killed and keeps coming back. To be fair, like you know, at the end of every Nightmare on Elm Street movie, Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth. Whether it's Jason or Freddy or Michael, they all do lose in the end, but they get quite a few victories before that point. Jason does kill like 10 people per movie before he gets his comeuppance. Bray Wyatt doesn't. Bray Wyatt just loses. I, I don't remember the last time Bray, I saw Bray Wyatt win a match. Well, by that logic, you're basically saying that John Cena is more like Jason Voorhees. Because Lord knows he gets plenty of victories before he goes ahead and jobs out to someone. Yes. <laughs> so, John Except, Cena is Jason Voorhees. If J- Jason Voorhees was portrayed as the uh, prota- uh, the uh, yeah the protagonist, well, to some people he might be. I mean, true. If you if you're one of those people that looks at all those kids at that camp just screwing around and not really taking care of the campers, yeah, maybe you do want to kill them. <laughs> it's like do your jobs, you damn kids. Slash. Arrow through the neck. Uh, 
But yeah, I, I don't know if I want to segue. I can actually go two directions with this. Dude. I'll stick with wrestling. I, I was going to talk about the Friday the Thirteenth game, but that's that was like months ago, and so I'm I'm not going to. Yeah, that, that, that that's been done, overdone, it's done, unfortunately. It's done. Yeah. Uh, but the actually the other news. What I do get into wrestling for these days is the behind the scenes drama. That that's the only <laughs> thing that keeps me up. And I have to say, you gossip hound. The most entertaining thing to me in pro wrestling right now is Impact Wrestling, and not because of the show they put on. <laughs> it's everything behind the scenes is just so messed up that I just it it makes me laugh every time. I, I the minute I saw just after all these complaints about are they going to sell the company? Are they not going to sell the company? They're going to do this. They're going to do this. Blah 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 blah. And all of a sudden, three days ago, I read like. Yeah, they just fired Jeff Jarrett again, and they're going to probably sell the company. I just started literally laughing my ass off. Oh, uh, we should probably preface for anyone that's not familiar. Uh, Impact Wrestling, or Global Force Wrestling, <laughs> whatever it may be at this point, we do not know, um, has actually been through the financial ringer the last couple of months. And just two months ago, only two months ago, it was put under new ownership by Anthem. Mm-hmm. And now Anthem wants to get out of the wrestling business that quickly. And... To be fair, it's been a little more than two months ago. I think it's actually, they've owned it for a few months now, correct? Oh, no, 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 you are correct. It has just been two months. But they've been kind of behind the scenes before that. Yeah, like pretty much ever since like the Global Force Wrestling merger, and then they're on. And now even Global Force is trying to get out, which is going to be stupid because they have the GFW on the belt. And here is my next stupid comment. I it just again TNA. I just love them for because it's like it, they should just make a, a reality show based around them. You remember The Office? Yeah. Like if they make The Office but pro wrestling and about the people trying to put together a wrestling show, and you just base it off everyone behind the scenes at Impact Wrestling, that would be one of the best sitcoms on TV right now. Josh Matthews would be so Dwight. I really would. <laughs> And, and Jeff Jarrett is... Well, I don't even know where Jeff Jarrett falls into this. So he, Jeff I, Jarrett was Steve Carell, and just like Carell left, Jeff is left. It's just... <laughs> so we'll get replaced by some James Spader lookalike? Who knows? I Actually, even for a few months back, if I could go into this, and I apologize for all those of you watching this and are not pure wrestling fans. However, we are talking all things geek, and unfortunately, wrestling has become part of the lexicon of geekiness nowadays, whether that's big as it is. It is geeky. So it's something to... Bone up on, I suppose. It, it, depending if you, it, how much the show goes until you learn that I love... Even though I myself am stupid and I can be very hypocritical about this, I do like laughing about really dumb decisions. And, and especially when people comment on those decisions. Again, I do the same thing, but I laugh when other people do it. I eat that date that you went on. What? The Lucy date. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> but, uh... I remember Jeff Jarrett got interviewed recently because he was one of the decisions on... All right, for those not familiar with this wrestling company we're talking about... I feel like we're giving a lot of exposition for that. Yeah, unfortunately here. So there's this there's this company, and it is pro wrestling. And it started a few years ago. And when they started it, it was called TNA. You know, well, tits and ass. Well, and, mind you, it was based off of the... Uh, Classic NWA packaging. Yes, it was. Maybe. It actually was. They were trying to be NWA, and they were trying to build off. And NWA is a uh, is a wrestling organization that's been around since the nineteen forties, even before the WWE. 
So they've been trying to use them to build their brand, but the brand that they were building was called TNA. It stood for them as total nonstop action, but it was based off one of their writer's decisions to say, like, well, if we name the company this, people think of it as TNA, which is also means tits and ass for some people out there, and that people get a good laugh and start watching it. Which, ironically, at the time that I even figured out about TNA, I thought it was, like, something having to do with Test and Albert of the WWE tag team. Which was also called TNA, but that was a gimmick that only lasted a few months, so we, we could deal with that. And plus, it introduced Trish Status, so bonus. But, but this wrestling company was around, has been around since 2002. It has 15 years. Of those 15 years, 13, 14 of it, they were referred to as TNA. Uh, even uh, uh, one of their old, uh, uh, one of the people who used to help run the company behind the scenes, uh, Jim Cornette, even made a comment about recently how he tried to sell airtime to people, and every time he had mentioned the name of the company, they would just all start laughing. Uh, <laughs> Can't get that by the censors. But even better than that, they decided, okay, well, TNA is a stupid name. Well, we should start calling something else. Well, they had a TV show called Impact. They're like, well, people know the branding Impact as much as they know TNA. Let's just start referring to the company as Impact Wrestling. So they started calling it Impact Wrestling. But they never fully moved away from the TNA name. So half the people are calling it TNA, half the people are calling it Impact Wrestling. It's just going back and forth. At the same time, one of its founders, and again, I know I'm going a little fast here, uh, Jeff Jarrett, as we mentioned before, he leaves the company, and he starts a whole separate company from it. So here's TNA over here, and over here he's starting a company called GFW. He starts this company, and it's real shit because he doesn't actually try with it. That's where we'll leave GFW for now. But this company is still going, and finally it's just doing so poorly that it gets sold to another company called Anthem, who just buys uh, entertainment and sporting packages their logo is an owl and their logo is an owl and after they buy it they decide to bring jeff jarrett back in and jeff jarrett decides he is going to combine the new company he created with this company over here tna impact wrestling and he decides to rename impact wrestling slash tna to just simply gfw this company his reasoning behind this. Well, you see, people didn't know whether to call it TNA or Impact Wrestling. And it just was very, very confusing. And I was told, if something's confusing, you just throw it away. So we threw it away, and we're just now going to call it GFW. Here's the problem with that. One, they did not throw away the Impact Wrestling name. They still refer to it as Impact Wrestling. And you actually realize there's a logo with an owl and it has impact underneath it. Yep. And above it, just in tiny letters, GFW. You know, this company over here. So it's not confusing at all to take a whole separate company and to make it defunct and take the name and add it onto the name of this much older company with a much well-known brand and say you're going to start it all over again, but you're not really starting all over again to the point that you don't even know why the hell this company is still going. It doesn't have name value anymore. All the people who worked for the company are pretty much gone. Or it gone is, to NXT. It is just... it from As a 
person who studied business and as a wrestling fan, it is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, maybe not the most ridiculous, but pretty high up there. And somewhere the lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins is in there, too. I don't think we need to add more to this. <laughs> but the more you do, it's like an extra topping on Froger, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If we really want to touch that, Billy Corian, the, uh, the lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins, was a producer for this wrestling show who actually created one of their highest rated segments, and he wasn't even starring in it. He just produced it. And he tried to buy the company, and he uh, he invested money in the company, and they made him the president, and then the actual owner of the company, she screwed him over, and then he sued the owner of the company, and, oh, and Dixie Carter, uh, and Dixie Carter it was the former owner of uh, Impact Wrestling, she is onto herself another interesting story, who may actually be in the WWE soon enough, which we'll all get some more laughs from. <laughs> And you thought it was fake. <laughs> what, what, you see, you don't get entertained by wrestling from what's on your TV. You find out how the hell they try to piece everything together behind the scenes. That's where you get your entertainment from. Well, that's where we've come to, I think, in this whole uh, social media generation. You know, we, we're not as entertained by certain stories or by things that we thought were stupid. But once you actually get to the meat and potatoes of it, like the backbone of it, you find out it's a lot more entertaining than you would probably expect. Uh, same thing can go for sports, same thing can go for behind-the-scenes drama in movies and television. It's amazing the kind of things that you find out. If you go ahead and you just take any subject that you thought were stupid, whether it be anything in media or anything in the news, take the subject and read into it. And I guarantee you, you're going to find something that's going to freak you the fuck out that you did not think was any way connected to any of the stuff that you already knew. I guarantee it. That's your public service announcement for the show. Example. Uh, just recently, I forget this is the last day or two, uh, Jim Carrey, uh, who has not really been in the public eye too much recently, My heart. Uh, decided to go to a fashion show recently and got interviewed by one of the people on the red carpet. Mm-hmm. And just gave what was both an entertaining yet very, very depressing interview. It's, and I don't. It, think it hurts it, my heart. Did you see it? I, I I saw the video of it, and it's like nothing matters. Nothing matters. I'm not here. You're not here. Nothing matters. He. I hope the guy. He's not going to kill himself. No, he's not. No, no, no. God, no. Please don't put him into the whole Robin Williams uh, spectrum. Look, I've been a fan of Jim Carrey all my life. Jim Carrey is part of the reason I even got into acting. I remember when I was a little kid in middle school. And I saw that first trailer for Ace Ventura Pet Detective on the morning television while the news things were going on. And I was like, I have to see that. And then I saw it, and I was like, oh, this is like the best movie ever. Obviously, things have gotten better since then. But in later years, now that he hasn't been as big of a movie star as he was and hasn't been producing as much as he could be, I think he's gone to more of an existential frame of mind. Like, if you look at stuff from, like, a couple of years prior, uh, you see him uh, talking about seminars and meetings that he's gone to that are very um, inner-sensitive. Like, you're looking into yourself and you're seeing everything that you are and everything that you're not, and 
you're trying to get a better grasp of the whole world at large and not being so consumed by the nonsense that's gone into it. And I think that's partially due to a lot of the drama he's had in his own life. I mean, you know, the stuff with his ex-wives, stuff with his daughter. There's, there's a lot of things that can drive a man to try to find some sort of clarity. But there, there's the other thing in there. This is where I kind of derive the humor. Not so much even from his full interview, but by one of the comments of the woman here. It's like, I heard you're here by yourself that you're in need of a date. Oh, Jesus. Not ignoring the fact that uh, one of his exes uh, killed herself, maybe not recently, but not too long ago either, and that he's been embroiled in uh, legal battles with the family members of said deceased uh, uh, girlfriend over m- a multitude of things. Yeah, see, this is the kind of shit I call fake news. This is fake Do your goddamn research. Know who's going to be on the carpet, knows what to say and know what not to say, or at least... Have an earpiece in your head and have, like, somebody in a truck tell you, no, no, don't do that, don't do that, no, escape, escape. Oh, Ryan. That, it doesn't happen. But it should! I, I, I've worked in uh, media now for nine years. I mean, uh, Ryan was bringing up how we do films and stuff. I actually do work in uh, television and radio as well. And while I don't, uh, I'm not on-air talent, I do, yes. I have interacted enough with some of them to know they're not dumb but they don't think when they're out there (laughs) that's like a bad date man it's like uh so you used to be married what happened to her she's dead how'd that happen no you don't ask that just let her go (laughs) oh what was i'm trying to remember uh, i actually got some good stories from my years in tv but i don't think i remember Anyone who asked a really stupid... Actually, no, I'll, I'll say what is really stupid. It's one thing to ask a guest stupid things. It's one thing when you're putting together a show and one of your co-workers is out in the field trying to give a serious story and the anchor will harass the shit out of their own co-worker in the field who is trying... To, just to purposely make them look bad, like... Ask them a question, which they don't have the answer to, and like, oh, well, why don't you know that? Shut the fuck up. You're not their boss. <laughs> well, that's some John Bradshaw Layfield shit right there. That's a, what, what, who's that guy who uh, is like, fuck it, we'll do it live? Oh, yeah. He, he Bill got O'Reilly. It. Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, it, that, Bill O'Reilly. Those assholes. Yeah, that's sex scandal, son of a bitch. Uh, is he, he's gone, so thank God yeah. for that. By the way, we, we will try not to focus on politics at all on this show. However, something nope. like that is more media, so we can go into it. Yeah. But yeah, as for the Jim Carrey thing, uh, it, it hurts. It, it does hurt because I feel that people are looking at him as an afterthought, unfortunately. And well, mind you, I mean, he's still doing stuff. I mean, he, he's producing the Showtime show, um, I'm Dying Up Here, which is based off of the stand-up scene in the Hollywood back in like the late 70s, early 80s. And it's a good show. I like the show. I've seen up to episode 6. I know there's more, but I can only do what's been given me on Hulu. Hopefully I'll see the rest later. Uh, but having had my slight history in stand-up comedy, I can relate to a lot of the stuff that's going on there. And if anybody knows anything about Jim Carrey, he struggled in stand-up for the longest time. You know, back when he was a poor kid living out of the car with him and his family... Now, his father never got to see his success, and I think he just does everything he can to pretty much showcase the struggle that he's been through, both in the past and currently. So, 
the fact that he's going ahead and he did the whole clean-shaven thing, was even willing to go out onto that red carpet, good for him. Good for him. But, yeah, if you're going to go ahead and get asked questions by mongrel idiots like that woman was, then, yeah, you know, you, you pretty much have free range to say whatever the hell you want and let them try to figure it out. Uh, I don't know. It's just stupidity. But it, yeah. It is a lot of stupidity. It is. It, it, but you know, sometimes you don't think and you're on your feet out there and you have to, I, I do, again, I'm working also with these people for years. I do have some respect for them too because they have to go out there in front of camera in a live environment and think on their feet. Sometimes uh, they trip, but. You know, it's it's part of the game. And this one stumbled into a crater, and hopefully her <laughs> leg gets stuck, and it's all uh, 138 hours, and just like slice it off and try to get out. Not uh, that I'm bitter. I'm not bitter. <laughs> no, of course not. No, 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 never, never. No. All right, so uh, I'll, I'll touch on one. Uh, have you seen uh, the new season of BoJack Horseman? Which uh, yes, I have finished the whole season. What? Just to get your thoughts first, what what do you think of the season? Uh, I would say it's not the deepest season, although episode 11 pretty much broke my heart. Uh, but I think as far as the show itself, this was kind of like tying up loose ends for the next season. I think the next seasons are going to be a bit of a, a revamp. You know, I mean, I, I try to think of it in the ways of like Archer. Because have you watched Archer at all or no? Yeah. Okay. This was essentially the Archer Vice of Bojack Horseman, I think. Excuse me. The beer. It's the beer. But this was pretty much one of those things where so much shit happened in the season prior that you just needed to finish up those stories and pretty much wrangle that all together. Now, I think they're in a good place. And, again, not giving any spoilers or anything, but I do believe that next season... Uh, it's going to be a whole new set of adventures, not really veering off from anything that was prior, and it's just going to be uh, pretty much Bojack just getting back into the thick of it because, you know, he's an actor. He's a star. He has to. He's got that ego that warrants him to go ahead and be seen. Mm-hmm. He, and that really wasn't as much of a concern right now. And I think this, I mean, there's pretty much a, an overall theme to the season, which is family, you know? Mm-hmm. If uh, again, not giving anything away, but if you've seen anything about the, the the trailer for the show, you know that there's potentially somebody that might be Bojack's child, and uh, Mr. Peanut Butter, and is uh, trying to work on his marriage and his family, and uh, Princess is going ahead and trying to start her own. They all pretty much have like the different aspects of this one current theme. And it's all different views. It's all very downer views, of course, because mm-hmm. that's the show. It's a downer, but it's an upper, but it's a downer. It's a lot of different drugs. It's a, it's a mix. Yeah, it's, it's basically a cornucopia of things that you can take into your mouth. If you ever watched The Simpsons and you ever saw that episode where uh, Homer takes too many uh, caffeine pills and then tries to even it out with a whole bunch of sleeping pills, that's a show. Yeah, that, that, that's basically the substance that you're taking not to mention the constant amount of beer that he constantly has. So, yes. I mean, that that already sets the pace. But as far as the season, it's a good season. It's not the best season. But it really makes me look forward to the next season. And I think that's what something like this is supposed to do. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd I, I give this season a good one. It's uh, I'd say it's on the ranking. There's been four seasons now. Yes, I say season three uh, was in my personal favorite season because there's just so much to it. But I'd say I give this either somewhere in the two or three slot for me. Okay, I, I would say uh, I would say steady three. Uh, first season definitely the best. Uh, third season, I think. Uh, well, no, no, actually, no. I'll put this at. I'll put third season at two. Fourth season at three. Second season as fourth. I can't remember the second season. Maybe that was a pretty. Uh, that's, why that that's why it's fourth. That's why it's fourth. But yeah, it was it was good. Uh, but it, you know, again, I won't go. I'm trying to say something without saying spoilers because I am a, I'm a huge fan of the show. Um, I feel like, I guess, there has been so much development of BoJack over the last four seasons. This was kind of the season where he took more of a backseat. He's in the show, and he's still, he still plays a prominent role as the main character. But it feels like a lot more other characters in there got more developed this season. Like, there was more focus on certain other characters and their story arcs. Which is what you have to do when you have a series that's run this long. You can't just mm-hmm. focus on the same one or two people for the whole time. You know, that's why like, I use the analogy of Archer. Because Archer went ahead and really, uh, as the seasons progressed, they were able to expand on the other characters. And it wasn't just these one-note people that happened to work around Sterling the whole time. You know? Well, I, you know what? If, uh, if Archer did what they did last season, and that's just how they do the show from this point forward, I'd be happy with it. They don't ruin that for me because I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you haven't seen it? No, I haven't. I haven't seen Dreamland. No. All right, I, I won't spoil anything, but it pretty much is a reboot without doing a reboot. I could see that, but then again, that's kind of what Archer Vice was to a certain degree. Well, no, because it was a reboot, but the only thing they kind of changed is their working environment. The characters still had the character development; they still knew, all knew each other. With uh, Archer Dreamland, again, I'm not trying to spoil anything, he's he's in a coma. Well, I figured that much considering the season before. And as a dream, now all these characters, they're different characters. They carry the same names, but they're different backstories and uh, and different ways they interact with each other. And so, in some a lot of cases, it's like the first time these characters are meeting each other. So it, that was an interesting thing. It's like you're seeing these characters introducing to themselves again and how these new interactions are going to go. Uh, that's going to be fun for Comic-Con if I end up at the panel again. But I, it, what I'm saying is if they just continue doing that every season, like just you keep the characters, but you change their backstories, you change their settings, you change their uh, their jobs, etc., and you just see, like, it, it's like you're resetting the board, changing some statuses. And like American just, Horror Story. Same characters to a degree, and then just a different environment every time. Yes. I've never watched that series, but... You've I, never watched American I've, Horror Story? I've never watched Dude, it. Dude, I haven't even seen the season opener, but I've heard good things. But you've never watched any of it? Not even the Murder House from the first season? No. Good lord, man. But it's not my gig. But I, I do know how those series are set up, and I do know like that that setup where it's like it's always the same characters, but it's always a different story, and the characters they're the same characters but different backstories and. Well, I mean, it's the same actors, different you know, roles they're playing. You know, the so, people have range, of course, but. But it, it's that's that's how this season of Archer went, and that's where I think 
that's where I hope like other seasons go. Okay, so I need to watch the new season. You need to watch American Horror Story. God yeah. damn it. This isn't like The Walking Dead where it drones on in the same goddamn spot for three seasons. I am, and I know I'm hosting a geek, sh- uh, a geek podcast here along with Ryan. Uh, but, yeah, I am behind. I've never watched American Horror Story. I am three seasons behind on uh, Game of Thrones. I've never watched it. You've never watched Game no. of Thrones at all? No. It is, it is a good show. I, I know only what I know from the memes. That's all I know. I, I know Sean Bean's dead, as always. I know Joffrey got killed. I know there was a red wedding. I know there's dragons. I know there's a lot of sex. Some of it incestual. And I, you know what? I, I'm glad that somehow I managed... I, I've actually heard every joke about the red wedding, but I knew nothing about it, and when it actually did pop up, it was like, holy shit. And I'm not going to say anything if, if, if you guys haven't seen the Red Wedding. But it, some things in that show just... It's a depressing show, and it's probably one of the reasons I don't overly like it. But uh, but it does, it does come out of nowhere, and it just gives you a lot of oh-my-God moments. It's like, it's like The Walking Dead, except sci-fi. And there actually are zombies. <laughs> well, that's the, the White Walkers, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's, like, cold zombies. Not, not 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 the stenchy, warm brown zombies of Atlanta that you get with The Walking Dead. Oh, right, but uh, yeah, that show's getting more. I'm six episodes behind on Walking Dead because even though like this season should be really good, it's just been missing stuff. It's, something's been off. <laughs> well because that's the problem. It's it's trying to now catch up with the comic, and mm-hmm. I think one there's it's going to be a point kind of where you get with a lot of anime. Where the television series catches up to the comic, and then if one's gonna progress past the other, you gotta create your own stuff, and you can't rely on the stuff that came before it. But what they're creating is so boring. I mean, at, at least I know. I'm, at I'm, least I'm, I'm not like... a fan of the kingdom and all that stuff with the guy with the tiger. I don't care any about that. I can, I came in watching zombies, and like for the first three seasons, when people were ended up becoming zombies and they had to kill them, there was an emotional investment. Now. Aside from one massive horde here and there, it's all about people killing other people. Like, this and, could easily just be any other apocalypse story. And I, I think that's, well, you know, that's part of the appeal for, uh, I think, The Walking Dead is you're never really afraid of the zombies. You're never going to be afraid of the zombies for very long. It's more just seeing, like, how these people in the apocalypse are going after each other. And the zombies are in that mix, so there is always, like, a threat in addition to the humans. But uh, I get your point, and unfortunately, from what I see of the comic, they don't really go back to the status quo. They're not going to journey again, at least not from what I've seen yet. They still stick to, at least in the comics, they stick to those bases. Meanwhile, I could easily see them going ahead and doing different seasons in different locations, and like branching out that way rather than sticking with the dictatorship. You know, let me see how Maine's doing with all this nonsense, since they're a coastal town. Let me see how Jersey's doing. Let me see how California's doing. Let me see how Texas and Mexico's doing. Let me see some goddamn zombies with sombreros. Give me something different. Yeah, it was called Fear the Walking Dead, and you see how that went. Exactly. That's, I mean, that's still getting into the season, too, but still. Though, I heard, uh, I didn't see the latest season, but I heard that one actually did well. Uh, people actually said that one was actually really good. But... I think that, like, if you want to go, like, natural progression, I want to see some George A. Romero natural progression. Let me see some smart zombies now. 
no, no. I want no, some sword zombies. No, I want sword zombies. No. I want them relearning what they forgot. I want a gas station zombie working at the gas station or something else to that degree. I want to see some muscle memory. I want to see. You stay away from The Walking Dead. You, Dude. you stay far away. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I mean, like I said, they have an open range to can, go ahead I, and do what I they want. Can I point out that, like, before Zack uh, Snyder became shitty, he made, like, uh, he brought back the zombie genre, and immediately George Romano came in, it's like, oh yeah, hold my beer, and then we immediately took it back, because, fucking moron. <laughs> Don't you dare speak of the dead. And he made George Romero best in peace. Yeah, and but, then come back from it. But Land of the Dead was not, not good. I'm not saying the whole part with, like, Leguizamo and Dennis all that stuff. I'm not talking about the human aspect, but I think the mentality they, no, of these things... No, you don't do re- smart zombies. I'm, I, why not? It's just, it, it takes away from it. That's not the point. The whole point is that they've changed. That they're now, like, everything they were... That That's what really is kind of, like, the creep factor with the zombies. Besides the fact that one bite will transform you into one themselves, it's this person that... You knew this body. This body used to belong to this person that you knew and that you had a connection to. And now they're gone. And now all they want to do is kill. And if you get anywhere near them, they're going to kill you. If if you try to go into this whole thing like, well, they can relearn. They can grow. They can... Beca- no, no. No, but that's the thing. You have to take a natural progression when it comes to characters like that. Look at things like the Wolfman, well, like Dracula, like this, Frankenstein's Well, monster. that's where the Whisperers come in. And the Whisperers have an interesting concept where, you know, they are human, but they're dressed in zombie skin. So they're that's not... A, that's like old school, like, drag race sort of thing, man. That's like some RuPaul shit. Drag, like... Well, they're they're blending in. That's how they survive among the zombies. They move among the zombies by uh, uh, pretending they're zombies. First of all, they're we human. saw that shit in the second episode of the whole damn series. Right? Becoming, That's nothing new. Instead of becoming full fledged zombies, they are now like they're like the people that live among the wolves, and they start becoming like animals. These people are living among the zombies, and while they're not zombies, they're becoming like zombies. Yeah, Jane Goodall and the monkeys and all that shit. No, no. If you look at horror creatures, there's always been some sort of advancement. There's always been some sort of multiple takes on it. Because when you take something as simple as an idea and you're able to expand upon it, you're able to create so many more things. But the thing is, we've never really been able to move past the idea of zombies just being this massless horror that doesn't really speak. Yes, we have. They've been trying that since... I, I can at least I can go back to at least the 1980s when George Romano tried it the first time with the oh, one man. zombie that they taught in Day of the Dead. It didn't catch on because don't, people don't like the idea. It's not that they don't like the idea. It's just that they, I don't think the idea was executed properly. Well, how how many other times can you execute the idea? They've tried executing that so many times. But and every then, time it doesn't work. But then you look at something like iZombie on the CW. Uh-huh. And that is a refreshing take on the zombie genre. Is it? Yes. How? Well, for one thing, the zombies only become like Romero-esque if they haven't eaten in a while. In the meantime, they're still just like you and I. They just look a little paler. And the whole idea of eating brains and then gaining some of the essence of the person that was before him and like living through them like that, getting the whole vision, seeing what they saw... You know, it's much more existential like that. I think it's a, a nice way of going ahead and just taking something that just ate brains and stumbled around and actually evolving it into a substantial creature and a substantial threat to modern times. 
I I just I don't really fully agree with it. Plus, I just, live more is hot. Oh, now we know why you're an eye zombie. <laughs> well, there's a few reasons I'm an eye zombie. But, but I I know I just I don't like the idea of smart zombies. I mean, besides eye zombie, let's see, we did my boyfriend's back, which uh, tried to do the zombie genre. We had. Uh, the one that came out to, like, uh, Cold Hearts or whatever the hell was that? Was Warm Hearts. Warm Hearts, which tried that and meh. Uh, let's see, what else What else tried the smart zombie? There was also the one about the kids, and I can't think of the name of it. Uh, I don't know if you even know what I'm talking about here. I got to actually talk to another friend of mine who showed me this. But there's a movie there where all these kids are being taught underground in, like, this uh dominated society you know you don't know what's going on but they have these kids locked up and tied down and when they bring them to the classroom like uh telling the teacher you can't touch them you can't go near them and she's not understanding why and finally in one scene uh one of these soldiers who is pretty much guarding all these kids says you want to know why you can't do this and he shows the flesh to one of the kids and the kid starts going crazy and then the others in the room start going crazy and they all are trying to break their straps so they can eat this guy dude but again it's like these are the concepts there but they don't catch on because no one really wants to see him but see that goes back to the argument i made earlier where it's the whole well we want new stuff and then we don't buy into it it's we do want it it's just we have yet to see a form that has been able to be palatable. Uh, yeah, and that, actually, I do want to bring up one last thing, and then I think just start wrapping it up a little bit here. How just, long have we been going on for? Uh, just over an hour. Woo! Not bad. But, Seamless. But we talk about uh, like things we want, but we don't want. Uh, I want to go into Dread, because that was such a great movie. And it totally bombed in the box office. The Carl Urban one? Yeah. Okay. And, and the question is, why did that bomb? Did it bomb because people were thinking it was too much like the Sylvester Stallone movie? Or was it just not advertised enough? Um, I think it goes along the same lines of the whole Valerian thing. Where it's a product that maybe a lot of people weren't familiar with. Because Lord knows... Judge Dredd with Sylvester Stallone didn't exactly stay around long enough for people to, you know, really make mention of it. What was the name of that movie again? Valerian? Valerian. Valerian. Alright, I'm gonna say why I didn't go see that movie. One, the two main characters immediately looked very bland and annoying. That's what I got from the trailer. I already don't like the main characters. How am I liking the rest of this movie? It was a very, like, just Do you like the actors? I don't even know who the actors were. So that's the thing. It's like, okay, so what I'm getting in this movie is it's all these planets and all these different creatures and they all need these heroes and the heroes end up being these two people who look like uh, pre-prescent teens. I know I screwed that up. Pre-prescent. There we go. And it's like, and they're going to save the world. And I'm just like... Ah, they 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 look like little kids trying to act like grown ups, and uh, just a few seconds that I'm watching them on screen annoy the shit out of me. I don't think I could survive an hour and a half of this movie or however long it is. And that 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 was my problem with the movie. That's why I didn't go see it. As cool as the visuals looked for that thing, it just it's I didn't like the main characters from the start. Maybe and maybe I need to give it a chance. Maybe I need to give it a chance, but well, I, mean, I, I haven't heard good reviews of it before either. 
Well, here's the thing. It's a it's a pro con sort of review. It's a pro con sort of look at it. Yes, the world that they create and the characters that they create visually attractive. The writing feels like something that they would have written back when they did the Fifth Element. Like it, it's very corny. So, I mean, it's not a perfect movie, but I do think that it's an idea that should be given more credit than where it's due because they went ahead, they took the chance, and they did the best that they could. Well, that's what that guy always does. And, you know, it's we, we've proven that you probably shouldn't give him too many chances. Oh, just because you hate Lucy. <laughs> Absolutely hate Lucy. I, I did, you, did you hate The Professional? Okay, I did like The Professional. Two movies I'll go then. I liked Professional. I did like Fifth Element. Okay, because those were the three main movies that they were propagating when they were promoting Valerian. This is the guy behind Leon the Professional. This is the guy behind the Fifth Element. This is the guy behind Lucy. That was the selling point in regards to Luc Besson. And obviously this has more of a Fifth Element feel than anything else. And It did, and that's why I was like, well, it looks like the Fifth Element, it feels like the Fifth Element, maybe I should give it a shot. But then again, the review I waited for the reviews to come out for it, and every review was like, no, nah, this is a cheesy piece of shit. Right, but I mean, cheesy isn't exactly the worst thing in the world. I think people go ahead and they think cheesy is like a, a bad thing. But cheesy can be good. Cheesy can be good, because if it's one of those things that's kind of like self-aware... Are the main characters likable? Uh, I liked 50% of them. <laughs> that sounds pretty bland. Well, because, I mean, the story's called Valerian, so you're basically focusing on the one guy, Valerian, who's played by Dame DeHaan, who is a great actor. You know, Amazing Spider-Man 2 notwithstanding. The oh, other that, one... That, oh, that's a character's name? Yes. Valerian is the character. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's why, because, like, it's a graphic novel series. So the uh, City of a Thousand Planets is like a subset story of the entire Valerian story. Um, now, Laureline, who's played by Cara Delevingne, uh, or Delevingne, I forget exactly how you would say it. It's French. Fuck it. Um, she was a little bit harder to handle. You know, and I hate to say some of that may just come off because of the fact that she was Enchantress in Suicide Squad, so that itself leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And I'm waiting for her to wiggle through the whole movie like she did back when she finally got her whole body back. Don't tell me you didn't see Suicide Squad. You're yeah, giving me that look like you yeah, did. Yeah, I saw Suicide Squad. I just, what were you talking about with like her getting... You talking about her going from Enchantress back to her like original? Well, because like she would go into Enchantress, and the original Enchantress was all like dirty and mucky and everything. And then once she becomes free, again, spoiler alert. This is what we should call itself. It's like great spoilers podcast. Like fuck it. Um, <laughs> we didn't spoil that much. I think this is one of the few. Weeks. No, but how many spoiler alerts have we given? <laughs> I think a lot of people give spoiler alerts. We're talking about current things. But anyway, when she gets. Uh, enough power to get her original body back and she's got the headdress and she's got like the skirt and everything and then she starts creating the big destroyer weapon which doesn't even look like a weapon at some point you know she's doing like all kinds of like weird gyrations and movings and it's like what does that have to do with everything she, she looks like an anaphylactic belly dancer like well, that's because the dc universe is really the zack uh, snyder universe right now and he's He's like uh, Michael uh, Bay Light. 
Yes, but even Michael Bay wouldn't let a woman wiggle around like that. They should just have her stand there, eventually bend over, and have a butt shot. You know, two different minds. I'm just saying, Zack Snyder with women is not as good as Michael Bay with women. Because Megan Fox alone. And yes, that may be a little bit chauvinistic for me, but you know what? I grew up in an era where I was like, okay, yeah, she looks great. I'm going to say why she looks great. Now, if I ever talk to her, am I going to tell her that she has a nice ass? No, because my mama raised me better than that. And I'm not going to comment. <laughs> Thanks for the support, JT, really. Sure. <laughs> I support you as well as someone will kick you down the steps. Uh, don't even kid. I actually Which is not really support. He says that knowing I live on a second floor. I'll support you like a 10-year-old bra. Ugh. That poor wire. <laughs> uh, now, was there anything else that we wanted to touch on? Um, music, comics, anything like that? Mind you, we are an open-influenced uh, sort of area. So, I mean, if you go ahead and pod- watch this podcast, and if you want to write to us, comment to us, give us any topics of conversation, and we go ahead and peruse it and feel it worthwhile... Feel free to do that. Let us know what you would like us to talk about in the coming weeks as we do try to make this a little bit more of a a regular thing happening. And hopefully it's something that's going to entertain both of our minds and get us one to talk about it. Otherwise, we are, again, douchebags who are very much into ourselves and we'll probably just focus on what we want to talk about unless you make something really juicy. All right. With that said, uh, I'm again, I'm JT. This is, well, I'll let you do your intro. No, 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 no. Talk for me. Talk for me. That's fine. I, I feel powered. The great Ryan O'Regan. Regan. 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 I'll close the show. <laughs> All right, that, that's it. Uh, I can't use air title because we're still working on that. But uh, again, I thank you for listening to us, downloading us, wherever I figure out where to put this, and you're managing the listening firm. Uh, and uh, we hope uh, you tune in again when we get another show out there. As he likes to clap. Thank you very much. Have a good one, guys.